This is the podcast of Christian Life Center, an Assemblies of God Church in Springfield, Massachusetts. For more information, visit our website at clc413.com. If you would grab your Bibles and turn with me to the book of Romans, Romans chapter 8. Holy Spirit, I ask you for wisdom this morning to communicate your word with clarity and anointing. I pray that every one of us, myself included, will have ears to hear what your spirit is saying to your church. In any areas, Lord, where we have allowed our ears to get plugged so that we aren't hearing so clearly, I pray that you would clear out anything that would block us being able to hear your voice. And I pray that your word, which is so wonderful in giving us guidance and direction, would speak to all of our hearts this morning. I thank you for your word. We do not take it lightly. We know that there are many people around this globe who would love to hold in their hands a printed form of your word. Many of them face great persecution if they are found with even a small portion of your word in their possession. And here in this church and in many of our homes, we have so many Bibles that are available to us. God, we choose to treasure not just the physical part of your word, but your word that comes alive to us as we read it and live it and allow it to purify our hearts. May your message purify us this morning. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Sometimes when we are walking through a valley, we're going through difficult times, it's easy for us to lose perspective. And it's not that God changes in any way, but we change where we are, And so it appears that things are not the same between us and God. But God has called every one of us to walk by faith and not by sight. And that's one of the great challenges that you and I have, to believe God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So that the moments when you felt like God was just right there, you were talking to Him like your best friend, you asked for something, and it seemed like before you could even get it out of your mouth, God answered your prayer. These wonderful moments, which are mountaintop experiences for us, seem so awesome and wonderful, and yet there are times when we find ourselves in situations that seem like the opposite, where we are going through the valley of the shadow of death, and we may feel like the presence of the Lord is so far from us, but yet we are reminded by the Word of God that God remains steadfast. He remains faithful. He remains the same yesterday, today, and forever. What I want to share with you this morning is that God has a perspective for us to hold to so that we don't get overwhelmed by the challenges that we deal with. And I want to begin by reading in verse 18 of Romans chapter 8. So that we can be reminded of the perspective that God is working all things out for the good of those who love him. In 
verse 18, it says, what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory that he will reveal to us later. I'm going to read that again. Yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory that he will reveal to us later. Could you say the word nothing with me? Now, something that seems so overwhelming in your life right now, it may be very hard for you to even consider using the word nothing. You may say, are you kidding? This sure not only feels like something, but this feels like something huge. And yet the word of God tells us that in comparison to the glory that God is going to reveal, what we go through and what we suffer is nothing compared to that. And when we're walking through the valley, we need to be encouraged by the word of God. The scripture goes on to say, for all creation is waiting eagerly for that future day when God will reveal who his children really are. Against its will, all creation was subjected to God's curse. But with eager hope, the creation looks forward to the day when it will join with God's children in glorious freedom from death and decay. For we know that all creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. And we believers also groan, even though we have the Holy Spirit within us as a foretaste of future glory, for we long for our bodies to be released from sin and suffering. We too wait with eager hope for the day when God will give us our full rights as his adopted children, including the new bodies he has promised us. Anybody could use a new body in this place? Anybody? You got one coming. It's on the way. Special order. God knows exactly what you need. We were given this hope, verse 24, when we were saved. And if we already have something, we don't need to hope for it. But if we look forward to something that we don't have yet, we must wait patiently and confidently. Two key words, patiently and confidently. Now, when you and I walk through the valley and when we find ourselves in situations that test us and test our endurance, it's not easy to remember always the promises of the Lord. I want to read to you a scripture from chapter 5 in the same book of Romans. And it says in verse 3, we can rejoice when we run into problems and trials. For we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character. And character, listen to this, strengthens our confident, there's that word again, hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. For we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. So we see that what we are going through now is 
nothing compared to the glory that God is going to reveal to us. We also see that what we are going through now, not only are we to look at it and say, there is coming a day when the glory that God reveals is going to make this look like nothing, but it also says that we can rejoice when we run into problems and trials. You can rejoice. I can rejoice when we run into problems and trials. I think one of the greatest tests when we're going through difficult things is our attitude and how we allow our attitude to be affected by what we're going through. Do you find that to be the case? I do. When pressure is coming at all sides, to maintain an attitude where I rejoice, that's not easy. The default is the more the pressure, the gloomier you get. And we are tempted to be able to say, don't bother me. I'm going through something tough right now. If you only knew what I was going through. And that doesn't downplay what you're going through. But what it does say is, is that you and I need to ma maintain a perspective from the word of God. And that perspective must be that you and I, when we run into these problems and trials, can rejoice. We are told the same thing in the book of James. And you and I can rejoice. Why? Because God is working out something good through the problem and he's working out something good through the trial. When you get done with what you're going through, you're going to have something to show for it. And I'm so grateful that God cares enough about us to grow us to become more like he is. The truth is, is that God's intention is that you and I will become more like Jesus. And the Bible tells us that as silver and gold is purified by fire, that so you and I are purified by the testing of our faith. And what tests our faith more than problems and trials? What God's looking for is for you and I to be able to make decisions, not based on how we're feeling, but based upon what God's word says. And that makes us become more and more mature. An immature believer wakes up in the morning and says, how do I feel today? And that's going to determine what I do. But a mature believer wakes up and says, no matter how I feel today, I'm going to trust that God's promises remain the same today as they were yesterday. And we can go through these challenges. The scripture tells us that we are not uh, immune to them. We go through sicknesses. We go through trials. We go through times of need. The Apostle Paul listed all of that, didn't he? He spoke about how he had been in various times without even enough clothes to wear or without the place to stay and, and all of the challenges that he endured for the cause of Christ. And in the middle of all of that, he knew that there was something wonderful that was coming because he had a confident assurance that God was working out all things for his glory. Think about it this way. God was willing to give up his only son so that you and I could be able to be welcomed into the family of God. Now we are his children. Now, think about this, is that God not desires for us to be his children, but he, uh, he desires for us to represent him well. And there are times where you and I, as sons and daughters of God, will find ourselves in our own garden of Gethsemane, 
where we have to come to the point of saying, God, not my will, but yours be done. I don't fully understand why you're asking me to do this. This seems like a very difficult thing. I'm going through this challenge. I'm going through that challenge. God doesn't always explain everything to us. He does not always owe us that explanation, but he does love us and he cares for us. And our confident assurance is not in the, the situation necessarily being resolved immediately, but it is in knowing that God is going to use that situation to develop endurance. And that endurance is going to develop strength of character and character is going to strengthen our confident hope of salvation. And a mature believer is going to be confident in the Lord no matter what is going on in their lives. And so you and I are challenged by the word of God to put our confident hope in the Lord today, knowing that he is the one who is going to give us everything that we need. All of creation was subjected to God's curse. That's what it says in verse 20 of number 8. We look at all of the animals. We look at the ground, we look at the sky, we see that all around us there is decay. There are problems in our world that are evident, and yet in the middle of all of the curse that uh, has come upon this world because of our sin, there is coming a day where God is going to restore. He's not only going to restore us, which the Bible tells us that we are looking forward to receiving the fulfillment of all that he has promised to us, including new bodies, but the Bible also says that this entire world is groaning in the pains of childbirth. It is waiting for this glorious freedom from death and decay. And if God cares about the dirt, and if he cares about the plants, and if he cares about the animals, he certainly cares about us, which were the, crea the crowning of his creation. God understands what you're going through. He cares about what you're going through. And just because he doesn't step in the moment you ask him to take the pressure off does not mean that he doesn't love you. There is a process that is being worked out that you can't see. And at some point, you've got to trust yourselves into the hands of God and say, God, I do not fully understand what's going on here, but I believe that you are working something out for your glory. I often think about Isaac when he was walking up the mountain with his dad. Abraham had heard of God from God. And God said, I want you to offer your son. Isaac is walking up and he's got the wood and he, he looks at his dad. He says, dad, I, I see the wood and, and, uh, and we've got what we need to, um, to, to offer God a sacrifice uh, it, it, other than the, the actual offering. And his dad says, the Lord will provide himself a lamb. Now, I wasn't there. I don't know how it all went down, but at some point, Isaac had to have been aware of the fact that he became the sacrifice because the scripture says that the knife was up in the air and he was ready to do what God had asked him to do. And not a lot is spoken of it, but Isaac had to be willing to say, Dad, if that's what God asked you to do. Now, thank the Lord, God intervened and said, stop, because you have shown yourself to be willing to offer your one and only son. If you look over there, the sacrifice is caught in the bush, and that ended up becoming the sacrifice 
But you and I need to be willing, like Isaac, to lay ourselves before the Lord and say, Lord, I want to be useful in your hands for your glory. And I'm not going to love you just when I have an easy life. And that's not easy. It's not easy to love God when you feel like you're laying on the altar and someone's got the knife about ready to take you out. Everything within our human nature says, no, that's not what I signed up for. Yet some of us in this room have not yet learned to reconcile our walk with God with the transforming work that he's doing through the pressure and the problems. And my heart and my prayer for you is, is that you will come to understand that even in the midst of the greatest stress, the greatest problem, the greatest situation that you may be dealing with right now, God looks down upon you with as much love as he had for his one and only son. Think about it. That he allowed to go all the way through the process to be hung on that cross. Do you think that his father didn't love him? Of course he loved him. But he loved you and me too. And here's the thing we don't always think about is the problem we may be walking through may be a sacrifice that is being paid so that someone else will come to know Christ. You never know what God is going to use. You may end up being the catalyst for someone else's life to be completely changed. And if we complain about the problems that we are going through, then we lose out on the blessing that God has for us. God desires for us to trust him. Doesn't mean we'll always understand him. In fact, even Jesus, when he was in the garden, he said, if there's some other way, Father, would you please allow that to be the way? But nevertheless, I submit myself to your will. You and I join with all of creation and we are groaning as in the pains of childbirth. We are waiting for the manifestation of the children of God, of whom we are part of that wonderful body. But my friends, during this time that we live on this earth, we have a battle to fight. There is a war to wage, and we cannot give up. We cannot grow weary in well-doing. Because in due season, we will reap if we don't give up. But we must be faithful and we must persist in prayer and in trusting our Heavenly Father. Goes on to say in verse 26 that the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. See, God knows what we can handle. He understands the challenges. Now, there are many people who say, well, God will never give us more than we can handle. And some even think that's written in the Bible. But the truth is, is that what the scripture does say is that God doesn't tempt anyone. And he says that when someone is tempted, listen very closely, when someone is tempted, he says, God will not allow for you to receive more temptation than you can bear, it says. But it says that he will always provide a way of escape. And so in that temptation, this is not talking about pressure and problems. This is talking about temptation. In the middle of that temptation, God provides an exit door, and he says, you may exit now. And then it's your own responsibility to get out before you fall into temptation. But as it relates to pressure, as it relates to problems, what is the level that we can handle? Think about it. We have men and women who are our brothers and sisters across the globe today giving their lives for Christ. 
does that equal what you can handle? Did God look down and go, oh, yeah, they can take them out because they can all handle it? The truth is, is that every single one of us must grow in our faith so that no matter what happens, we must be firmly rooted and grounded in Christ so that nothing will separate us from the love of Christ. We already know that nothing will separate us from his love. But I want to ask you this question this morning. Is there anything that can happen to you where it could separate God from your love? What would it take? Is there a bar that you've set and said, well, if, th if it goes this far, I'm done with God. I'm closing up shop. God doesn't do this for me. I'm out of here. My friends, you may think, oh, that's unreasonable, but that happens. You'd be surprised. It happens. And we may easily say, oh, I'd never do that. But we don't even realize our own heart. That's why when Peter said to Jesus, Jesus, I got you covered. I'll be with you. I'll die for you. Everything's fine. You've got someone that's got your back. Jesus said to Peter, Peter, you don't really realize your own self. Because you're going to deny me three times. You're going to deny that you even know me. And Peter, who was so bold to say wonderful things, good things, the Bible says that in that moment of weakness, he even cursed. He swore. And he said, I don't know that man. You see, we think more of ourselves sometimes than we really are. And that can be a bit scary. But the counterpart to that is God already knows all that about us, how unreliable we are, and yet he still puts up with us, he still loves us, and he's still patient with us. Oh, thank God for that. Thank God for that. Otherwise, we would live under condemnation on a regular basis because we may try, I'm going to love God with all my heart and soul and mind and strength. And then comes these problems and we're like, oh, we just give up. But I'm so grateful that God gives us multiple chances. He is so faithful and he is so patient. I want to share this with you from, uh, from verse 26. It says, when we don't know what God wants us to pray for, the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. Some of you may find yourselves in situations where it's just overwhelming. You've already talked to all the friends you have, and you haven't been able to come up with the best solution. In fact, you might have thrown out a prayer to God, and you're not even sure exactly how to pray. And the Holy Spirit is right there. This is what the Word of God says. And He knows exactly what needs to be prayed for your situation. And if you will allow the Holy Spirit to help you, He is going to help you pray exactly what needs to be prayed to your Heavenly Father, even in a language that you don't understand. This is where the Bible says that we pray in our spiritual language and we commune with God and God helps us in situations that are beyond our understanding. Maybe you've been there. I know I have. I've been in complicated situations and I haven't even know how to pray about it. And I've said, God, I don't know what to do. I'm not sure. This just seems so mixed up. And as I began to pray in the, in the Holy Spirit... 
God begins to work things out. And I want to challenge you, friends, if you, if, you don't, if you don't have that gift of that spiritual language, ask the Lord for it because there's a purpose for it. And if you do have it, don't let it sit on the shelf and collect dust. Use it for the glory of God. Use it for your own purposes and use it for others. Maybe someone shares with you something that is too far, too great, too, too much for you to be able to give a word of advice for. S say honestly, I will pray about that. And don't let it lay there. Actually pray about it. Don't allow I'll pray for you to become a little word just to get you out of the conversation because you don't know what else to say. Make it a commitment to actually pray about it. And when you get in your prayer closet and you don't know how to pray, Begin to pray in tongues and allow the Holy Spirit to intercede on behalf of that person and on your behalf, and you watch and see what God will do. And that goes beyond our understanding. That's where faith comes in. It says the Holy Spirit prays for us. Oh, isn't that wonderful? Do you believe that? Do you be Think about that for a moment. Do you believe that the Holy Spirit prays for you? That's what it says. When you run out of words to speak, the Holy Spirit will help you. It says that the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all hearts knows that the Spirit, what the Spirit is saying, for the Spirit pleads. Oh, I love that. When you don't know what to do, the Holy Spirit pleads for us. The Holy Spirit says to the Father, oh, Father, Joseph needs you right now. Isn't it great when someone's praying for you? You know, you don't know what's, your tears are running down your eyes, your heart is broken. And then to hear someone come behind you, put their hand on your shoulder and begin to pray and intercede, something lifts, doesn't it? Something lifts. But oh, what a wonderful thing when the Holy Spirit comes to do that. And when he touches you, don't you just feel it all over? And the Holy Spirit touches you and begins to pray to the Father. Oh, I love it when someone prays and they know what they're praying about. And the Holy Spirit knows what he's praying about. And he begins to pray. He begins to minister. He begins to intercede. And things begin to change because the Holy Spirit is God. And he's praying to God the Father. And there's such a perfect unity there. Verse 28, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. Oh, that's a beautiful verse. Many of you have that memorized. All things work together for good to them that love God and are called according to his purpose. All things work together for good. And yet it's so hard when you're going through the problem. But keep this in mind. You have a part in this. You have to allow the Holy Spirit to pray. You have to allow the Holy Spirit to do His work. This is not by default. This doesn't just happen as you go about your business focusing on everything else except the Lord. But this comes about as you tune in to the Lord. And as you begin to allow the Holy Spirit, not only to pray for you, but to pray through you. You see, you become a conduit for God to work. And as you allow the Lord to work through you, and as you surrender, 
It is then that everything is working together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. For God knew his people in advance and he chose them to become like his son so that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And having chosen them, he called them to come to him. And having called them, he gave them right standing with himself. And having given them right standing, he gave them his glory. Oh, praise God. God didn't hold anything back. I I am often amazed at what God has given to me and how little I deserve. And I hope every one of you are amazed and in wonder at the goodness of your Heavenly Father. This morning, the Holy Spirit does not want to be left out of your equation. You will go through trials. You will go through troubles. But don't just have an attitude of saying, oh, well, whatever will be, will be. If God wants to do something about it, he will. I'm just going to sit back and watch what happens. God did not intend for us to simply be observers of what's going on in our lives. But we need to be active participants. We need to take action. We need to pray. We need to intercede. We do pray with words we understand as best we can. That's our part. We intercede. But then when you come to the end of what you know to say, you can tune into the Holy Spirit and allow him to pray through you. And there can be victory in the name of Jesus over every situation that you are dealing with. So don't give up so easily. Don't give up so easily. You don't see it answered yet. Keep praying. Keep pushing through. Keep pushing through. You know, there are times when our focus and our, our need for spending time in the presence of the Lord may be short. It's like relationships. You don't have two-hour conversations with your friend all the time. God doesn't want you to live in condemnation if you aren't having a lengthy conversation with him at every moment of the day. However, there are times when it's very critical that you spend that extra time. And you know that with your friends. There are certain times where you need to engage in lengthy conversation. Friends, don't miss out on those times. There may be times where you just spend five minutes with the Lord. That's okay. But don't let that be the only kind of time that you have. Let there be times where you move from initial, just I praise you, Lord. You're an awesome God. I bless you today. I thank you for your help for me today. And move into other areas of prayer. And you watch the Holy Spirit. He's going to bring to you. How does he work? He brings it to your mind. He brings it to your mind. And what's your job? The moment he brings it to your mind, if you either write it down or you just begin to pray about it. That's what I do with you. As the Lord reminds me, I pray for you. And I mean that seriously, as the Lord reminds me, because he knows exactly what you're going through. It's not always easy to lift up before the Lord, you know, a couple hundred people. But it is easy to be able to hear the voice of the Spirit. I was thinking of you, Mario, this week. And I was lifting you before the Lord this week. Different ones of you in this room. And I just lifted you before the Lord. And then it's in God's hands. We're believing for miracles. We must be persistent. And I never want to get the attitude of, oh, well, 
I've been asking God for that for a while now. I guess God just doesn't want to do it. No. We must continue. Jesus said, keep persisting. Like that widow who was being dealt with by that unjust judge. And he kept saying, I don't care about God. I don't care about people. But the reason that her request was answered was because she kept bugging him. And Jesus was the one who told the story. And he said, if this unjust judge will listen, just because this woman keeps persisting, he doesn't even have a soft heart. How much more doesn't our heavenly father who has such a soft heart for us, will he not listen to our prayers? Know the character of your God. Don't assume that he doesn't care because he does. And as you pray, believe that he is hearing. The pressure sometimes remains on for a while. But always know this. God's developing good character in you. God is working things out that you cannot see. And there will come a day when the weeping endures for the night. And that night can be long. Joy will come in the morning. God's heart is for restoration. He not only desires to restore your heart, your mind, your spirit, but he also desires to restore your body. I love how it's thrown in there that God has planned for us even brand new bodies. Oh, God cares about us so much. He really does love us, friends. Let's not forget that. And let's not forget to welcome the Holy Spirit to intercede on our behalf. Some of you have been going through things for years, years. Israel was slaves in Egypt for years. It was so long, they didn't even know how to stand up for themselves. God said that he needed extra time with them because they didn't even know how to fight. And some of you, the fight has been kicked out of you. And you feel like this kind of like just, oh, whatever is going to be will be. I challenge you in the name of Jesus to stand up and use the weapons God has given you. Use what God has given you and know that he will fight for you. This week, however the Holy Spirit directs you, pray, seek his face, stand in the gap for yourself, your family, your coworkers, and those around you because God's heart is for restoration. I'm going to ask if those who will be uh, sharing the communion, handing out the communion this morning, if you could please prepare. We're going to prepare to share communion together. As we do, I never like to miss the opportunity to give you a chance to be ready for heaven. And I want to make it very Simple this morning. I never take for granted that because you're in church that you're automatically ready for heaven. Why? Because you can be a member of every church in Springfield and still go to hell. The truth is, is that the only way to get to, G to heaven to the Father is through Jesus Christ. That's what Jesus said. I'll quote it. I am the way, Jesus said, the truth and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. Maybe you're here today. The Holy Spirit has drawn you in this place. Maybe you have a heart that wants to please God, but you have not yet surrendered your life to Jesus. Here's what God says to you. If you will believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that God raised Jesus from the dead, 
your name will be written in the book of life and you will be saved. Some people think, well, I'll deal with that later. I've done funerals for people who thought they had a lot of time ahead. God tells us that our life is like a vapor. None of us, including myself, are guaranteed tomorrow. Don't allow this day to pass without being ready to meet Jesus. If we could all close our eyes and just bow our heads, if you're in this room today, and you'd say, Pastor Joseph, I try to be a good person, but I know that I need Jesus. I need my sins to be forgiven, and I'm willing to surrender my heart to surrender my life and to ask the Lord to make me a brand new man, a brand new woman. If that's you, I'm going to ask you to take the bold step to simply stand right where you are as a declaration. I am deciding to follow Jesus. If you're in this room and if that's your desire, then this is an invitation for you so that your name will be written in the book of life. Is there anyone? I never rush past this because it's why Jesus died. And I'll ask again, is there anyone? God loves you and he cares for you so much. And if that's you, I just invite you to stand. I sincerely hope from the bottom of my heart that every person in this room is ready to meet Jesus. As the gentlemen come forward, we're going to prepare our hearts to share communion together. You don't have to be a member of this church to share communion, but you do need to be a member of the family of God. While you are receiving the elements which represent the body and the blood of Jesus, the Word of God tells us that these are times prior to sharing communion that we need to check our hearts and be sure that we are right with the Lord. Being right with the Lord includes being right with our brothers and sisters. If there's someone that you're at odds with, and you need to ask for forgiveness, I encourage you to take that step before you share communion this morning. Because God desires for us to be at peace with one another and with Him as we partake together. The representation of His precious body and His precious blood. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, God's word tells us that on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took bread and gave thanks to God for it. He broke it in pieces and said, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this to remember me. The word of God tells us that it is the body of our Lord, His blood that was shed, that provides for us not only healing for our souls, but also for our bodies. We believe 
that the Lord desires to heal. Just as he touched everyone who came to him to be healed. So I'm going to ask you this morning, if you're dealing with some illness, some pain in your body, while we share this communion together, would you simply stand to your feet? And I'm going to believe God with you for his supernatural touch as we share this communion together, that the blood of Christ will be applied to your physical body. This is anyone out there who's dealing with something that you need a touch from the Lord. Our God is a healing God. Now would you join together as we pray and ask the Lord to bless the representation of the body of his son. Father in heaven, seated on the throne, beside you, your son is making intercession for us. And I'm so grateful that you care about everything that concerns us, including our health. My friends here today have stood to their feet believing that you are a God who heals. And I'm asking an agreement with them this morning that whatever ails them, whatever issues may be causing them pain or daily struggle, as they partake of this communion, I pray for miracles to happen across this room in the name of Jesus. I pray for bodies that are even right now in pain to be completely made whole. I pray for those who have been asking for something for perhaps a long time, that they will see an immediate response even in response to their faith and trust and confidence in you, Lord. I pray for miracles. I pray for healings in the name of Jesus. And I thank you, Jesus, for being willing to allow your body to be beaten for me and for every one of us in this room. So grateful that our sins have been forgiven and so grateful that you also paid the price for the healing of our bodies. And I thank you that you care about us today. And I thank you that you hear our prayer. And I bless your name, Lord. I bless your name for what you have already done and for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you eat together? In the same way, Jesus took the cup of wine after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant between God and his people. An agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this to remember me as often as you drink it. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. Would you raise that cup up this morning? Jesus, you went through so much. And we're so grateful. We thank you for your precious blood that was shed. I'm so thankful that we don't have to bring an offering of an animal, but that you, the precious and holy Lamb of God, allowed yourself to be slain 
as the perfect sacrifice. And then where only some could go, now we all can access because the veil has been torn and because we can come boldly before you, O oh God, to find help in our time of need because of what Jesus did. Thank you for your blood, Lord Jesus. I ask that it will be applied to every person standing. Physical ailment in the name of Jesus. May it be gone for the glory of God. And I ask for those who are seated, that for all of us in this room, that we would live and walk daily under the protection and the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. And I pray, Lord, that we would truly announce your death until you come as we partake of this together today, knowing that one day we will see you again. And we look forward to that day with great rejoicing. But until that day comes, we commit ourselves to being faithful, to being obedient. And even when there are trials, we will trust you, O oh God. And we will believe that you are faithful to your promises. And that even though there may be challenge, yet you are working it all out for our good. We love you because you first loved us and you showed it to us. May we show it to you. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. Let us drink together. Would you lift your hands towards heaven and receive the blessing of your heavenly Father. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace for the glory of the Father in the name of Jesus and through the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen and amen.